Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 through 43, it says, At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. And Lydia was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring to him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by weeping, showing tunics and garments, which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when they saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed on the Lord. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon a Tanner. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this message entitled, Work in the Dark. Work in the Dark. Come on, let's pray. Um, Father, we love you. Um, we thank you for this, this time, Lord God, that we can spend with you. Um, we've seen your hand at work, Lord God, in our last service. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that today um, that you would be not only present in this place, but engaged, Lord. Um, that you would open the hearts, Father, that you would eliminate the distractions. And that you would allow for us, Lord God, to be able to hear, Jesus, what it is that you have for us. Let us walk out of here with a renewed sense of, of, of determination to work in the dark, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would y'all put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Come on, can y'all make some noise for Jesus? Come on, if you're in the chat, would you put some hands up, some praying emojis in there? Hey, I, I shared, um, I, I've shared before and I've shared this story. I, I shared it at the 930 as well. Um, I did music for a lot of years of my life. Um, and I remember that we used to travel at the drop of a dime wherever they called us or, or asked us to come. Um, in this particular story that I'm going to share with you, uh, we were going to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. So it's about a six hour drive. Uh, while we were getting ready to go to this concert, um, my, anybody from Jacksonville, from Duval? Nope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nobody. We're in Georgia. I remember that uh, my friend and me, we were arguing because we, I, I wanted him to take his car, but he wanted me to take my car. And at the time um, I had this truck and I was like, bro, we're going to spend $150 to get to the corner. You know what I'm saying? With this F-150 that's literally parked out there. Um, and so we're arguing and I'm like, you got a smaller car. It's more economic. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're not going to pay us that much at this show anyway. So we were like, just let's just take your car. He says, yo, there's something wrong with my battery on the car. Uh, I was like, man, get your uncle, man. Your uncle fixes everything. So he got his uncle to fix his car. Good golly. So we finally get the car working. Um, at this point, we're breaking the law to get to this concert on time because his uncle took forever. As we're driving up there, you know, we're having fun. We're talking, whatever. We get there. Um, it was a youth concert, so we were able to do what we do. And then what we do as Christians, after a, a late night event, we all went to IHOP. Come on, somebody. Bless the Lord. Um, if, you're from, if you're from Florida, um, you went to Denny's. Anybody been to Denny's before? Anybody been to Denny's? A handful of y'all. Um, it's heaven on earth. 
it's decent. It's decent. It's decent. It's, it's like a different kind. Of, it's like Street Fighter Ken and Ryu, for those of y'all that would know what that means. It's the same thing. But here it is, that we end up going to this concert, and then we're eating. And then when we finish eating, we're sitting there, and we're like, yo, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, right? At 1 o'clock in the morning, we're talking to ourselves, right? And this is, I was a different person at this time, right? And I was on heavy energy drink. We was on, I think I drank like two monsters. So I was like geeking out. And we're like, yo, let's just drive home. I mean, it's a six-hour drive. Let's just drive. We'll be home around 7 o'clock in the morning. It'll be easy. And stupid us said, yes, let's do it. And so we get in the car. While we're in the car, I'm scrolling through Instagram, I mean, through my, you know, social media, whatever, and he's driving. Well, mind you, the issue that happened with his, with his, uh, with, uh, with the electricity, with the battery in his car was because of his ignition. So what would happen was that the odometer, the speed, the speedometer, it would actually go all the way down. And so he had to play with the, with the ignition to get it to come back up. And so we're driving probably about a three hour trip into this thing. And all of a sudden, it's pitch black in the turnpike. If you're from Florida, it's bad. You know what I mean? There's nothing there. It's like straight farmland, nothing but oranges. So it's just dark, no streetlights, no nothing. And as he's going, I see him flipping with the thing because the, the speedometer's down. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm trying to get it to work. And boom, it goes to work. And so I'm scrolling. I pay no attention. And then he does it again. And I'm sitting and I'm looking at him. And then you know when you feel it. You know what I mean? Like, you're going 75 miles an hour, but you just feel something happen with the car. And you know it's bad when you turn to your friend. I turn to him, I'm like, everything okay? What happened with the car? Yeah, we're good. And doesn't make eye contact, just looking. Yeah, we're good, bro. Everything's okay. We're figuring everything's okay. He's, like, encouraging himself. And so I'm, I'm like, sitting there at this point, we're, like, slowing down, bro. And I notice that the car dies. And we get off to the shoulder. Yo, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, bro. And he, it's me, him, and his cousin. And, uh, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm about 6 feet tall. He's probably around my size, but, you know, he's a little bit more healthier. You know what I'm saying? He's, he, he, he's healthier. And so we get out of the car. And at this point, we ain't got, like, we don't have, like, the, the, the light, the cell phone light, this one. We don't have this one right here. What we have is that we turn on the, the, the brightness as far as it can go. And we're like in the middle of the street. Four in the morning, bro, on the turnpike. Talking about some, hey, can you stop? Bro, if it was me, I'm not stopping. I see Chino, I'm like, bro, you crazy. I'm gone. That sounds like another four, first 48. And so I'm like, you're kidnap me. And so we're waving at people. Nobody's paying, nobody's paying attention to us. Bro, I'm not making this up. It's probably five o'clock in the morning right now. And this van pulls up. And as the van is going, all we hear is in the middle of the highway. It backs up to us. And then it makes a U-turn and comes in front of us and puts the lights in front of us. At this point, I'm holy, but I'm hood too. So I just put my pivot. I'm like, yo, what's up? Ball my fist up. I'm like, I see this individual. Smoke is coming out. And I see this. This is my story. I tell it how I want to. And so I see that. <laughs> This individual, like 6'5", bro, that's walking towards us. I'm like, bro, we're dead. We're going to die. You know what I mean? It was, this is how we go. And I'm like, and, and this person starts walking towards us. And so me and my friend are standing outside of the car. His cousin is still in the back seat. Yo, this person walks up to us. We see is this tall Amazon lady. She got a skirt down to her ankles. And she comes up. She said, what's the matter with the car? I said, I don't know. I said, I was scared. The hood is up. She goes up to the hood. She starts, and then she gets in our car, bro. 
she gets in the car. She's turning it on. She comes back around. She goes to her van. She gets uh, uh, um, jumper cables. Boom. Closes it back. Comes to her car. Lifts it up. Puts it up. Bro, me and my friend are both like. And his cousin is hiding, bro. He's like in the back seat, like, oh, father, in the name of Jesus. And she goes and she puts the jumper cables. And we're sitting there like, yo, we don't have no idea what's happening. She goes in the car. She starts the car up. She comes back around. She pulls the jumper cable. Boom. She closes the trunk. Boom. Closes. And she says, you know, the Lord, you didn't, I didn't come here for nothing, for no chance. I didn't come by accident. And we're sitting there. We're like, I don't know, ma'am. <laughs> yes. And she's like, you sinner and you need Jesus. You need to repent. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I said, no, ma'am. You know, you get a little cocky with it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I didn't, I was like, no, ma'am, we good. Like, we just came from a Christian concert. We were ministering. Shut up. I saw the beer in the car. I said, ma'am, I said, I said, ma'am, that's not beer. Those are monsters. They're energy drink. The Lord brought me. And for no reason, you, you repent. I said, ma'am, right now, Father, in Jesus' name. I was ready to give my whole life tithe. I was giving her 10% Melchizedek. You know what I'm saying? I was just give her everything that I have. Yo, in one fell smooth, this woman is talking to us, points that Pentecostal finger in our face, turns in the car. I'm talking about in the middle of the highway, bro, and just takes off. Five in the morning, bro. Me and Drake, my friend, we're sitting there. And we're looking at each other like, Bro, what just happened right now? We get in the car and you know it's bad when we don't say nothing to each other. We just driving like, dang, bro, that really happened. It was a big old Amazon Puerto Rican lady that just came down. You could not tell me that lady wasn't going to prayer. She was going to prayer and she saw us. What she was doing was that she was working in the dark. She wasn't afraid of who she saw on the side of a road at 5 o'clock in the morning, probably on her way to prayer. It might have been an angel. I still think it was a big old Puerto Rican angel, right, Ernie? It was a, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was an angel. What she was doing was that she was working in the dark. This is the picture of who we see in the scripture by the name of Tabitha. This lady Tabitha, she was living in a city called Joppa. Now, Joppa, today in age, modern terms, that's Tel Aviv. There's wars, there's different things that have happened and they constantly happen. But Joppa was an area that was on a coastline. And so what would happen, because it was on the coastline, it was constantly in turmoil because everybody wanted a piece of it. Because it was where trade routes. Actually, uh, Solomon, the temple that God made, that Solomon made for God, most of the equipment, the gold, the iron, the, the, the wood, the things that he brought, they brought it in through the port in Joppa. Joppa was this place that was just dark. There were a lot of bad things that were going on to the point that this is the same place where Jonah, y'all remember Jonah and the whale? All four of y'all? We need some Bible stories. Jonah actually heard from God. I want you to go to Tarsus. I want you to go preach. And Jonah said, okay, God, for sure. And he ran the other way. He went to Joppa and jumped on a ship to run away from God's call. Joppa was a, a bad place. Joppa was a, a dark place. But yet in this dark place where there was so much going on, here you find Tabitha. And scripture says that she was a good woman in a bad place. And that she would do charitable deeds. And that she was making clothing for people who didn't have clothing. And she was taking care of people. And what I want to show you is that there are some individuals in this place, man, that what we tend to do is that sometimes, especially in the church, what we tend to do is that we see bad places and we tend to run away from bad places. Now, mind you, let me explain something to you. Um, define a bad place. 
there's no geographical area that is a bad place. When we talk about a bad place, we're talking about bad people that are in bad places. But God has strategically placed good people in there. People who have the gospel, you yourself. What happens with Christians, and I did this at the very beginning of my walk with Jesus, was that I had a season of my life where I got saved and I was a gang member. I did some pretty dumb stuff. And I remember that I separated myself away from everybody. And I got to this place that I didn't want to talk to nobody that was all on my past. And I just wanted to be huddled around the Christians. And I wanted to make sure that I was, we were reading the Bible. And good morning, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Glory to God. Amen. I wanted that world. You know what I mean? I only listened to Christian music. I didn't listen to no devil music. Boys to me, y'all were dead. Darling, I. No, ain't no darling, I, nothing. I'm listening to Kirk Franklin and Dottie Peoples. And I was listening to, you know, all of good stuff. Hillsong at the time from the inside out. Y'all don't know about that good stuff. And I remember that I was, I, was, I was trying to stay away from people when in reality the call over my life was to be around people. And Christians, we do that at times. We tend to back away from the very thing that God wants us to invade. And dark spaces start to become scary to us. When in reality, Jesus, he was the ultimate example of what it looks like to be in a, a good person in dark space. Jesus, he would leave the eternity. He would leave the splendor of heaven and he would find himself in the worst place that you can ever find yourself, planet Earth. Yo, we got some jacked up people in planet Earth. Sin existed in planet Earth. Sin didn't exist in heaven. But Jesus knew I have to rescue these people. There's a call and an assignment that I have to complete for me to step into the darkness as a good person and to shine the light. What happens is that if I turn all these lights on right now, and I, I do my little phone like I was doing on the street. It doesn't really make much sense. But if you do me a favor, can you, can you do me a favor? Who is back there? Lid, can you cut the lights off for just a second? I, I want to show you just a quick little illustration. Cut, cut the lights off. It makes a little bit more sense in the dark. You, you shine a little bit more in the dark. God hasn't made you to be able to run away from the dark. God has made you to find yourself smack dab in the middle of the dark. But for some of us, being in the dark sometimes causes us to be a little dark. <laughs> and the fear is that, man, if I, if I hang out with them, I'm going to end up looking like them. But you know what Tabitha was? Scripture says only person, female-wise... And we believe in this church that there are plenty of female wives that are not just disciples, but men and women, women of God. This woman, she was the first disciple that was mentioned. Disciple, that means that she was following Jesus. That means that her life was committed to being after Jesus. So she wasn't finding herself in a club with everybody dancing and she was out there talking about some, oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no. This woman was in spaces, and I love Kirk Franklin. He was one of my greatest inspirations. Kirk Franklin, I don't care what radio station you put on. It'll be Pop That Booty, and then it'll be Kirk Franklin. It'll be some music that doesn't glorify God, but then all of a sudden you hear Kirk Franklin talking about Jesus. And there's music that he creates that he doesn't compromise from himself. He actually begins to talk about the name of Jesus in whatever circle he's in. He doesn't have to change himself. And can I tell you, you don't have to change yourself. There are times in your life, though, even in my life, where iron sharpens iron. Do you know that Paul, it took him 14 years before he stepped on the scene? 
It took him a long time before he was Paul, the guy who was murdering Christians. And now all of a sudden, he's now preaching the gospel. It took him a minute because he needed to be sharpened. He needed to be, there needs to be a season. And in your life, there's a season where you feel like you're hiding. And there's a call of God and you're like, Chino, I want to jump into the dark. And there's this, these moments that you feel that are like, man, but I feel like God is holding me. He's keeping me on the backside of the mountain. And there's a reason for it. Because if you were prepared for it, you'd be in the front side. But God is discipling you. He's turning you into a disciple. And I know that sometimes it feels like, man, I'm in a dark space, Chino. And it, man, for some of us, we're in that dark space, whether it's work, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a relationship financially. Yo, keep going. If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep walking through that thing. Keep pushing toward Jesus. Keep following him. Keep worshiping him. Keep reading. Keep praying. Keep seeking after Jesus. Eventually, there's going to be a moment where the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a moment that you're going to be able to break through. And when you get to that other side, it's good, baby. It's good. And am I promising you that you're not going to get into another dark space? Probably not. But we built for that. We built for the, the dark spaces. When God takes you through these moments, and, and please understand that he didn't cause it, he didn't, he didn't do it to you, but he can cause it to work for you. And so what happens is that there's these moments that we're, we're, we're walking, and it feels like it's not just that I'm in a dark space. My life feels like it's just in a dark space, Chino. Well, you continue to walk, and you continue to look like Jesus. You continue to put one foot in front of the other one. Scripture says, or not scripture, but the old song says, the world behind me, the cross before me, I'm not turning back, that we keep going towards Jesus. That as we keep going in the midst of the darkness, God causes your light to shine so much more brighter. There are people in your life that the only reason you admire them is because of all the hell that you saw them go through and they got to the other side and you saw resiliency and you saw a strength. I had a mom that didn't have a husband. And my mom was getting up early in the morning and she was working her tail off, bro. And my mom was coming up the stairs with 15 grocery bags and she was putting them all away and she was cutting up the, the food and she was making rice and making all this stuff. And then she was putting it in front of me and feeding me. And then when I finished with my spoiled self, she would take the dishes and she would wash the dishes. She was the one that was beating my tail and then hugging me and telling me it's okay afterwards. There was a darkness that she was in, but there was a light that was shining from her. There's something about this resiliency that we have that in the midst of dark spaces that you can continue to work. Why? Because being a light or being a good person in a bad place or being a good light in a dark place doesn't make you exempt from problems. Tabitha was a good person in a bad place who gave so much to people. But the Bible says that Tabitha got sick and she died. She was doing all the right things. You ever been there? Like I did the church, Chino. I, I went to church. I did what was right. I ran the play. You know, I came to church early. I sang all the songs. I, I, and, and honestly, sometimes it feels like you're in a dark space. And for some of us, we can testify that, man, we were able to walk out of that dark space. I thought when he broke up with me, all my life was going to crumble. But then all of a sudden, God, I'm glad I'm not with him no more. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm walking. And then it feels like you go from one pain to another pain. You know what that means? Like, you know when you get to the house and the TV starts to act stupid? And you're like, dang, man, what's wrong with the TV? And then you get in the car and your AC broke? Nobody's ever happened. Nobody ever got at your job, you know what I mean? Because you saved your light in the dark places. You were at your job and your boss told you, didn't I tell you to do such and such? And you went to snatch your earrings off and you were like, what did you, what? And you, you just, father in Jeep, girl. And you, 
And you held it because you're light. You're Jesus, help me not to punch her in the face. Lord, and you and you walk, but then as soon as you walked in through the door, your husband's like, babe, did you cook? <laughs> I've been working for 13 hours. You talking about some cook? You couldn't put something in the microwave? And it just feels like you go from bad to worse, from dark place to dark place. For some of us, it's like, yo, we were dealing with anxiety and it was crippling us. And we feel like, man, we got a scripture, we got a word from God, and we step into the next, and now I'm filled with, now it's not anxiety, now it's depression. And I'm at the border of the place, and I'm like, yo, I want to kill myself, I'm done. I can't go, it just feels like weight on top of weight. I don't know if you've ever been there where it just feels like dark on top of dark. And it feels like you're walking through these places where sometimes it's even hard for you to breathe. Can I show you that there's a remedy to that? Jesus is the remedy, right? For sure. And I don't need, you know, the B5 to be, da, da, da. I don't need that. Jesus is, he's the remedy for that. But that God has actually given you a remedy this side of eternity as well. Because sometimes we're waiting for God to do something that he already gave you a solution for. And it's, it's just real close to you. I'm going to show you something. She got sick and she died. When they had washed her. They laid her in an upper room, and since Lydia was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay. She's dead. Now, this isn't the law where they couldn't touch a dead body. We're under grace now. But her friends, they get her, and they clean her up, and they put her carefully. She's dead now. They put her out of respect. They put her in the upper room so that people can visit her. Now, there's a lot that can be said about people benefiting from your death, but I want to look at it a, a different way. I want to look at it as you need people in your life. When you feel like dark upon dark, you need to have some people in your life that are not scared to get dirty. They're not scared to touch your dead places. They're not scared by your pain. They're not scared or intimidated by your hurt, but that they can look at places that you need some cleaning. You need people in your life that are going to be able to take you from your broken messes and be able to take pieces and put them back together. Girl, let me get some crazy glue. I know he did that to you, but let's just close that up a little bit. Let me help you with this wound you need people and I know that you're strong and you've always figured it out and you've always done it for yourself and you don't have everybody but you need somebody there's something about somebody that can come alongside of you and hold you in moments where you can't hold yourself when you try to do it by yourself it's gonna break you and it's gonna hurt you and you're thinking that you're taking two steps forward but you're taking 10 steps backwards you need some people that got your back that when you start to walk backward they're pushing you forward no no we're gonna continue to move forward you need people in your life that are gonna clean areas of your life up I, I'm not going to belabor the point because I feel like I've spent even the messages in, in the last series, Live Greater, talking to you about the importance of why you need those people. People in my own personal life that if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. I have a relationship with God. Man, my relationship with God, I love him. And I, I was falling under the lie and the illusion and culturally what I always thought was, man, I, God knows. And you know what I mean? And I have a relationship and God knows what's going on and he's going to take care of it. When in reality, James chapter 5, verse 16 says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Not saved, healed. In the context of relationships, there's healing. So yeah, I'm telling God the things that are happening and then I'm going right back to the things that are happening and it's a constant cycle. God, I'm so sorry, I repent. And then, but then all of a sudden when I went to the horizontal relationship and I said, hey man, here's where I'm at right now. There were people that came alongside my life and let me wash some of that off you, Chino. Let's, let's open up the Bible a little bit and let's talk through some of this. 
you, you need people in your life. You're going through. I'm giving you a remedy and I'm giving you a key that the Lord has given us, a key to the kingdom that the Lord has given us. And it's called people. That God actually wants you to have a relationship with some people that can walk by you. That when your arms are hanging low in the midst of the battle, that they can lift it up and you can watch victory in your life. That God doesn't want you to do this thing alone. He's put people strategically around you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. That sucks. When you're in that pit by yourself, when you can't pick up the phone and call somebody, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lay down, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? The one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him. And a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. What's crazy about this story is that Tabitha was in Joppa, dead, stuck. Not moving forward. Purpose, destiny, everything eliminated. She's gone. And Peter was just four walking hours away in Lydia. In Lydda. Isn't it crazy? Think about this. He was right here at the church and Peter was in Marietta Square. Four hours just walking. He was in downtown Canton. Four hours, 17 miles. Four hours away. Sometimes that, that prayer that you've been praying for. And the, the place that has been dark and that you've been stuck, that you feel like you can't get out of, there's somebody that's just four hours away, four minutes away, four inches away from you right now. There's somebody that's that close to you that can be able to be the answer for the thing that you felt like, man, you've been, you even questioned God about. Man, God, are you even real? Because I've been asking you this and God's like, bro, I just look four inches away. I, I got something there for you, but you keep looking and you keep, I already sent you it. It's packaged in a vessel. The way that I work is through humanity. Because God could have just snapped his finger, right? All the bad people dead. Boom. All the good people alive. All right, let's start this thing over. Go back in the garden. Everybody take your clothes off. <laughs> like, I mean, he could have done it just easy. But what did he do? He, he did it through a covenant. And he, he sent his son. And the son had to live a perfect life. And he probably could have lived, because some of y'all know, bro, that you could live a really good life without people. People always get you in trouble. But Jesus said to himself, I'm going to take 12 men, one of which is going to betray me to the point that I'm going to die. But yet I'm going to walk with these individuals because he needed people. Peter was in Lydda, right down the street. And scripture says that he, he comes to the rescue. I mean, God might just have one person, bro, that can help you with that business idea. There's a dream in your heart that every time you take a step for you write it down, it's like, man, you're stuck. But then all of a sudden, you have a person who is right across the hall from you. That they can be able to tell you, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Oh, where did you come? Are you an angel? Are you an AI? Like, where did you come? And it's just one idea. Because in my life, that's what's happened. In my life, there's been dark moments that I'm like, no, I'm not going to figure this out. And in the monotony of every day taking a step, wandering around this thing, all of a sudden, somebody has come into the picture at the right time. And as soon as they said something, it was like, dang, I didn't even think about that. And you're walking out of a season of your life because of somebody who God brought in that time. The Bible says that Peter, he's listening to the four men and then he does something. And then Peter arose and went with them. Peter arose and went. Peter got up and went. Arise and go. Even 
when you know that the situation that you're going into, and I want you to put yourself in a different perspective for just a second, even though the situation that you know you're going to is dark and dead. Four hours, I can only imagine them walking with Peter and telling Peter how good she was and making Peter keenly aware of the death that had just happened. And as they're walking, Peter understood, here's where I'm going to. And I know where I'm heading towards. I'm heading towards a place where there's death. There's no certainty of life and hope. But something inside of him was saying, regardless of what it looks like, I'm going to go. There's individuals in our church, man, every Sunday morning, every, every fifth Sunday, and every single Sunday all through the summer where they went out into the trailer parks. And there were some areas in the trailer parks where they had a rebel flag and it said, come take my gun if you want to. They arise and went. There's people in this church, though, people have passed in their own life, though they have been broken, they have been hurt, they still get up and go every single day. There's people in this church, man, that unfortunately a spouse has left from them. I know people in my own personal life that it has been some of the most dramatic and ugly things that have ever happened, but yet they arise and go in the midst of your pain. There has to be a determination inside of you that it's not just the people that are around you, but even in yourself, you have to have some fortitude to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. God is with you. He hasn't abandoned you. He loves you. You are still strong enough. He's not going to leave you by yourself, but you got to take the step to be able to go. There's a struggle that people go on back and forth with sin. And in this generation, we don't talk about it enough. But you got to put your big boy and your big girl pants on. It don't matter what you're listening to, reading in social media. There got to come a time where you say, no, I don't want this. I don't want to live this life. And there has to be a determination inside of you. Whatever that looks like on the other side of this, I'm not going to feel as good. Who cares? There's going to come a time and there's something that's going to be brought out of here. There's a fruit that's going to come out of this tree. That's going to change somebody's life. There's something that's going to happen out of me saying, you know what? I'm stepping in faith. Nobody else in my family has done this, but I am. Nobody has been successful in this area, but I am. You got to arise and go. The Bible says that Peter, he goes with them. Watch this. When he had come, he finally gets there four hours later. They brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Darkest had made while she was with them. Y'all ready? Watch this. I want you to pay attention to this next part. Pay attention to this next part. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, arise, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. The dark areas. Arise and go. Walk. You know, it sucks. Walk. Keep going. You know, this is hurting. Keep going. Keep going. Keep walking. But you know how? But Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. Did you notice it? It's the key on how to be able to walk through all hell. It's the key. Super easy. But Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Do you see anything familiar in that? Do you, do you see anything familiar in that? Can I show you? Luke chapter 8. The Bible says that Jesus, in, in a few chapters before, he meets this guy named Jairus. He was the pastor of a church. And Jairus is sitting there and he kicks Jesus out of the church. 
A few chapters later, he comes back and he says, Jesus, my daughter is 12 years old and she's dying and I need your help. The Bible says that Jesus begins to walk with him. In the midst of walking, there's an interruption. And we've preached this and we've heard this story. It's the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman with the issue of blood, she touches the hem of his garment. She's completely healed. And the people from Jairus' house come and they tell Jesus, hey, don't, don't, don't bother the master. She's dead. Your 12-year-old daughter is dead. And Jesus turns around in the middle of talking to this woman who was the woman with the issue of blood, but he calls her daughter. He changed her identity with just a word. He turns around and he hears this and he says, do not be afraid. Just believe she will be made well. He gives him a word, a word that at that moment, could you imagine this thing? Like how, how much it must have sucked to think that a family member has just passed away. And bro, we're here talking about some, she's going to be well. So the confusion of it where it's just like, what? But then Jesus takes matters into his own hand because he doesn't give words. His actions speak louder than words. He begins to walk with Jairus towards the house. I can't even imagine the thought in his mind where he was just like, yo, my daughter's dead. And Jesus is just walking with him. I don't know if they had a conversation or if it was just a silent trip. You know, one weird trip where you're just sitting there thinking, you're like, yo, this man's crazy, dog. My daughter's dead. Or was faith in him. I don't know. Not, not much is told. But the Bible says that he gets to the house where the little girl was dead. Bring up Luke chapter five, 8. But he put all of them outside. He took her by the hand and called saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. Did you see that? But Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Peter did what Jesus did. We have these bracelets and we give them to you. And I love it. It's what would Jesus do? Do what Jesus did. How about that one? How about the fact that every single Sunday at 4 p.m., people meet here in this room and they learn what Jesus did. And on the fifth Sunday, which is next Sunday, they're actually going to go to Town Center Mall and they're going to do what Jesus did. And as they go evangelizing, we've seen people who have been healed in this house. We've seen people whose lives have been changed because we did what Jesus did. Peter's thought is the very same thought that I tell you. Though you feel like you're in a dark space and I'm telling you put one foot in front of the other. How? I can't. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Man, do what Jesus did. Emulate Jesus. The moment that you emulate Jesus, what happens is that he's living inside of you by way of the Holy Spirit. And he's giving you the empowerment, the boldness, the strength to be able to do the things that you can't do. For so long, we've always thought that God will never ask you to do something that you can't do. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I'm, I'm going to make fun of you in a second. But I'm pretty sure we've all heard that God will never ask you to do something you can't do. That's a lie. It's not that God won't ask you to do something you can't do. God asks you to do things that are impossible. I don't want you to do something you can't do. I want you to do things that are impossible. He gives you the hardest task. Why? Because living inside of you, he has given us an empowerment where he begins to do the work in and through us. You think that Peter did the same thing and copied Jesus and it was Peter's faith or it was Peter's, uh, Peter's, Peter's life that did that? No, it was the Holy Spirit that was living inside of him. He just said, I'm going to do what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Jesus walked in the middle of darkness. He lived in the midst of darkness. Jesus was able to be himself authentically. Even one of his disciples that he grabbed was a thief from every person that looked just like him. He stole from them. He was a thug. And Jesus said, you know what? I need you on my team. 
Jesus wasn't afraid of the darkness. He understood the light that he had. He understood that when you turn the lights out, I shine the brightest, baby. Stars look the brightest at night. He understood that. And as he steps into the scene, he's telling us to do the same thing because we carry that very same light inside of us. But there's a problem here. The problem is that then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. There's something wrong here. Tabitha lived a good life and was a good person and shared and, and made clothes for the homeless. And, I mean, Tabitha did some really cool things. Tabitha was a really good person who knew Jesus. The Bible doesn't say that she was a disciple of John. The Bible doesn't say that she was a disciple of Peter. It says that she was a disciple. And many theologians and historians believe that this woman, Tabitha, she actually was one of the people that were able to walk around with Jesus. And so she was one of the ones that were the 120 in the upper room and they, they, they can correlate and push back to those moments because it's not that far of a walk. This woman was, she was a good person, but she died. Now, when we tend to think of death, it has this negative connotation. Let me tell you, man, I'm not minimizing it. For some of us, we've lost somebody who's near and dear to us. Man, in our service today, man, we heard some tragic news from one of our people that's here that found that a family member has died. I will never minimize or the pain, the hurt that that actually means in people's lives. But, but can I show you something? For those of us who have called on the name of Jesus, we don't mourn like the world do. There is a moment that you step out of this thing called world, out of this thing called earth, humanity, and you step into eternity. And you're face to face with the very one. The reason why we lift our hands and you see us worshiping is because we're emulating something that we're going to do for all eternity. There's a Jesus who has rescued my life, who has changed me. That The Bible says in Revelation 22, we talked about it last Sunday, that he will wipe every tear from my eyes. He will take the broken places and he will make you whole again. We will be perfect in his sight. There is something that I long for to be in the presence of Jesus. I'm no longer worrying about a Metro bill or AT&T. Chase Bank, you could go to hell burn in the pits you know what I'm saying I don't have to worry about what tomorrow looks like where I'm gonna eat how am I gonna feed I'm telling you there's gonna be this moment that we're in the presence of Jesus I mean your heart is at ease like yo there's so much peace and so joy Bible says the angels bow before him and sing holy 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 like I mean just heaven just this this good place the anxiety, the, the stress, the depression, the anger, the frustration, the, 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 the sin, the murder, the, all of those things will be gone. And it, I mean, just, we talking about a fulfilled life, that's going to be a fulfilled life in his presence. Tabitha was there. And Peter snatched her from there. You, you, ever, you ever been fasting, right? Like 21 days of prayer we do every day, every year at, at the beginning of January. Don, Don, you ever been fasting? And as you're fasting, like you having this dream and it's a hamburger. I mean, that mug just, oh my God. And you're in a dream and you're just like, oh, you're just like walking towards it or something. And then somebody want to talk to you. Oh yeah, praise the Lord. Yes, talk to me, brother. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you go to get it and all of a sudden your alarm wakes you up. <laughs> The devil. How many of y'all try to go back to sleep? How many of y'all fought right now? I'm going back to sleep. Where, do, where are you at, hamburger? Some of y'all has other dreams, but we're going to pray for y'all. But let me go back to this hamburger. Lord, I, and then you just can't because then you hear everything. Your kids are screaming. He snores too daggone much. Oh, my God, shut up. 
Tabitha is in the presence of Jesus. She's sitting there looking at Peter. What's up, Peter? How you doing, buddy? I'm back, ain't I? Yeah, I'm freaking back. Why did he do that? I was working on this message this week. And, um, and it kind of got hijacked yesterday. Yesterday, uh, me and my wife, and it was my son's birthday. Where is my son at, by the way? I hope Lydia, he's somewhere around here. Uh, my, it, was, it was my son's birthday on Friday. Um, he turned 15 years old. He thinks he could drive. I'm not, not old, bro. Just because you turn an age, you're like, oh, I'm on whip. No, you're not. Um, I'm teaching him, though. I take him to Six Flags with a bunch of his friends. And we go to Six Flags, and we had, you know, one of our friends, uh, we had their kids, Jason and Allison, uh, pastors here at the church. And we had them, and... I remember that I was, uh, we, were, we were going, there he go right there, 15 years old. Happy birthday, Ramses. We love you, buddy. Y'all say happy birthday to him. Happy birthday. We love you. Hey, his cash app is Chino Life, C-H-E-N-O-L-Y-F-E. His cell is 305-343-9831. Uh, yo, uh, uh, it's funny because we, we, go to this, uh, we, go to the, we go to Six Flags, and when we're going to Six Flags, um, you know, we, we, were, we were there or whatever, and uh, a couple hours into it, um, Jason and Allison, who are pastors here at our church, uh, they, were, they were coming to go to Six Flags. And they call me, and they're like, yo, I can't get in. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like, bro, they have kids all in the front. They're all in handcuffs, and they're sitting down. They just had a huge fight at the front of Six Flags. And I'm like, dang. I'm like, look, just go around and get one a look. Find the, the, the youngest one and just toss him a couple bucks. Hey, here go $5. Let me get in. Take that part off. Sean, take that part off the tape. Erase that part there. That's the cheat code. And so he was like, he was like, I tried, Chino. He said, the police are everywhere. I said, all right, cool. I said, just give it about 15 minutes. It'll, it'll settle down. They'll throw them in the paddy wagon and they're out of there, right? They don't know what the paddy wagon is, chap. They don't know what that is. And so take them and take them. All right. 15 minutes later, he calls me back. He said, Chino, I try to go back. He said, there's more guys that came with more cars and a big fight ensued. And they're, the police are chasing after them. And it's just like, they're all arrested. They got them face down on the ground. They don't even have handcuffs for them right now. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to get in. I said, bro, just go home. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just We're inside. We're safe. Everything is cool. Just take off. About two and a half hours later, I'm with my niece. And we're on this, in this ride. And we're, we're you know, riding. And I'm about to throw up for the third time. I don't know why I do this to myself. I'm like, I'm 16. I'm still the man. No, you're not, Chino. And so I'm sitting there and the, these, these little girls, bro, I can't, I can promise you that these little girls couldn't have been middle school. They, they were in middle school. And, and these little girls are like, oh my God, there goes such and such. And he, she, she mentions the name. Look, he's fighting. And I look over the side and it looked like a thousand people, probably a not exaggerating, probably a good 50, 60 people just running and fighting. There was, there must have been, I don't know, 50 police cars, blue lights everywhere. And you look over and you're just seeing the mobbing just going one side to the other. And then one chases that way. And it's just crazy. We pull up, we do the ride, boom, we get to the bottom. When we get to the bottom, these little kids are anxious. They want to get out to go out there. I can't believe they did that, da, 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 whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking. I'm like, dang, dog. And I'm still watching. Now it's mobs of people running towards the police. And you can only imagine, this was two and a half hours later. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, dang it. 
I get out the ride, I grab my niece, and I tell my wife, I say, yo, hold on for a minute. Let's, let's chill for a second before you go out. And I told her, hey, this is what's going on. And I explained to her what was happening. And as that happens, I think we just paused for a minute and it hit me. And then I just started thinking about it. I was like, dang, I'm going to show you this picture. Because these guys, this is what it looked like. And this is, this is 1993, uh, maybe 95, somewhere around there. This was 1995, and everywhere those dudes went, it was the same exact thing. If they went to a movie theater, it was always a fight that would break out. If they went to a roller skating rink, we waited till they played end of the road. You know what I mean? Y'all remember that? All the week up. Y'all remember that? And that's when you knew that everybody was leaving. You had to wait for the song, and then once the song was finished, then we would go. And, and these idiots were always in a fight. It didn't matter where they go. Everywhere they went to, they were constantly in a fight. And man, it was crazy because I started, I was like, dang, bro. Oh, by the way, that see that little dude right in the middle, the little black one all the way at the bottom with the gold teeth in his mouth, with the black and white shirt? That was me. And I was thinking about it, and I'm watching these kids, and I'm like, dang, bro, that was my life. Them running around led me to go to prison for five years. It led me being in jail 13 different times. It left me with bullet holes in my body. It left me with my neck ripped open. That kid right there is the reason why Peter had to wake Tabitha up. That kid right there was the reason why her assignment wasn't finished. Hey, can I talk to you, Tabitha, today? Wake up. You still have an assignment over your life. He needs you. Those kids right there, they need you. You can't be in a dead place. You can't be in this dark place forever. You got an assignment over your life. And it may look like gang members or it may look like corporate office people. It may look like computer scientists or it may look like doctors and lawyers. But there is an assignment over your life that God has placed that these people need you. The reason why he woke you out of the dead, for those of you who have called on the name of Jesus, salvation is not about bad people becoming good. It's about dead people coming back to life. The reason why your spirit got regenerated is because you got to go back for some people. There's some dark places that God is calling you from that he's not asking you to stay away from. He's asking you, asking you to invade those places and they need you. Tabitha, wake up. Get up and do what Jesus did. There's still more inside of you. You know, I'm scared to go back to those places. Cool. That just means that you got some jagged edges. Here's what we do. And that's not just the song. They, I mean, the, the group. There, there's, some, there's some areas in your life that iron is only sharpened by iron. And so you need some people around you that are going to sharpen those areas. Chino, I got, a, I got a desire in my life. I want to go back to the prisons. I want to go back to the gangs. I want to go back to the neighborhoods. Yo, these are what G groups are about. It's about getting some people together. What church is about, it's about getting some people together. I want to grab some sandwiches. And all I want to do is that I want to get some bread and some peanut butter. And I'm going to make 50 of them. And I'm going to just walk through the trailer park. And I'm going to just give people sandwiches. Hey, can I pray for you? No, I don't want to pray for you. Get out of here. Okay, amen. Hey, sir, can I pray for you? Yeah, you can pray for me. Lord, use me right now. Father, I just thank you for my brother right now. Pray with your eyes open. Because you get jumped even though you know Jesus. Pray with your eyes open. Look around and gee, Father, we just love you because them, them jits are somewhere around there. They're ready to take them sandwiches from you. And so, <laughs> so stupid. But, but there's a dream and a desire inside of your life. And God wants you to go work in dark places. Your job is not keeping you from ministry. Your job is exactly where God wants you to be at. 
He wants you to light those dark places. Yeah, Chino, but you don't understand. Every time my friend shows me his phone, it's like another porn or another chick popping a booty or stuff. I don't, I don't want to be there. Well, listen, let's, let's get sharp. Let's, let's do some G groups. Let's do some Sundays. Let's, let's do some one-on-ones. Let's get sharp so that when you go over there, you can be able to tell him, like, yo, how, what does that do for you? Like, how, how does that, that makes you feel good? Does that feel something inside of you? Or whenever you jump into her, she came right now, you had sex with her. What would you feel like on the other side of having sex with her? Do you, do you still feel fulfilled? It feels fun? Or is there a void? Is there something that happens every time you leave out of the club and you finish the hotel and you go home and you're sitting in the bed by yourself and you're still hurting? And God starts to use you in ways that you never imagined because it's not you, it's do what Jesus did. He's living inside of you. And he gives you the words. He gives you the ability. He gives you the strength, the know-how, the gifts of the Spirit. We taught these things for freaking weeks, nine, 12 different weeks. We taught you on it. And then we showed you the process the last few weeks of how these things look like when you actually allow for God to take you on the process. But now, yo, there's some moments that we got to step into some things. And for some of y'all, that just might be you might go start a church. Cool. We come alongside of you. We'll give you the little people that we have. We'll give you whatever we can to resource you. Go start a church. Go start a ministry. For some of y'all, y'all want to be part of the food bank? Hey, I want to take the food bank all over this world. Take the food bank all over this world. We're not looking for a popularity thing. I'm not worried about the limelight. I will hand this microphone off faster than you can blink. We're doing this thing together. But if God put a call at something inside your life, step into the dark spaces with it. Step into those dark areas with it. Now, I'm not ignorant that there are some of us who are in this space that are not. It's not that you're in. It's not that you're stepping into a dark space. It's that you never came out of a dark space. And it feels like, man, I, I, you know, I, every time, bro, that I think about getting out of this dark space, the shame comes back that I did X, Y, and Z. And I, I can't do it. I, I got to, I know that in the Bible somewhere in the book of Hezekiah, it says that I got to clean that up. And I got to, once I finish that and, and change, then, then I could come to God. And the devil has been selling you alive for so long. And you've been trying to do this thing on your own, trying to figure it out. You can't do this. You'll never be able to get out of it by yourself. But Jesus can. He will step in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain. And the gospel says that he lived in that space yet without sin. The gospel says that he was killed because of what you did. But it also says that three days later, he was resurrected to bring you life. So the answer to the things that you're wondering in your heart, how do I get out of here? The answer is found. It, it's a name. It's super simple. It's, it's Jesus. Do you know, how do I get out of this hole? How do I get out of this dark space? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means I open up my mouth and I pray, Jesus, you are Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's called faith. That's faith. That's inside of you. You can't explain it, but you just believe it. Chino, I'm a mess. I'm in a dark hole. But I, if you're telling me, Chino, that he can lift me out of this thing, then I need to get out of this thing once and for all. And today, you can be saved. On September 24th, your life can completely be reversed and you can find yourself going back to the dark places to bring light there. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.com 
www.thepastorsmeeting.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.